0: Hi, I'm Madhvi Romani, and I'm Rena Grobe, and this is Misinformed, the podcast for lazy but smart people. Every week we'll be discussing a new topic or trend so you can stay informed the easy way. So
1: Reena, what are we talking about this week? This week, we're talking to Berlin-based director Borbala about her native land, Hungary, a country which members of the European Parliament declared in September were no longer a full democracy, but an elected autocracy. This means that elections are regularly held, but the basic democratic norms are not respected. This slow weathering away from democracy has been happening since 2010, when Prime Minister Viktor Orban came to power. Hi. <laughs> Welcome, Bor... Thanks for inviting me. The idea of a totalitarian state coming into being is very interesting because it's not just something that is declared by watchdogs and human rights organizations and other institutions like the EU. It's very palpable in people's lives in Hungary. And this is where we want to start the discussion. So we saw each other in May in Budapest. And we were sitting outside and I remember you telling me about how people are not feeling
2: that comfortable talking about politics anymore in certain circumstances. It's a hard topic, I think, talking about politics in Hungary, because like the, the country is really divided to two parts, right and left. It can be easily like a cause of a conflict in a conversation. And also, I think it's hard because usually in the the capital, in Budapest, you experience totally different conversations than in the countryside. So um, I feel in Budapest, I'm living in a bubble because if you check the election, which happened this year in April, from the 18 voting district, 17 district voted against Orban. Mm. So these 2 million people in the capital is really like not pro-Orban. And I spend my time in Budapest, so I always have this illusion. This year we can change the government and it will change and we have the hope. Uh, in the last 12 years, it never changed and it's super heartbreaking. And also this year we were sitting on the couch with like 10 friends and we were really hopeful. And after we saw the map, you know, with the coloring and we saw like Budapest from 18th in district, 17 were blue. And the whole countryside had the orange color and we just felt destroyed. Like, how is it possible? Like, we really don't see the big picture then because we experience this whole thing differently in our bubble. When I'm in Budapest, like, I feel kind of free to talk about politics. It doesn't bother me, especially with friends. I think it's really different on social media. Somehow it feels different. And I also, like, think double if I want to post something about it. I want to be brave, but also, like, I live in Berlin, so I feel freer to, like, post my opinion on Facebook or Instagram. But I don't really do it because, yeah, it's such a weird space anyway to talk about politics, you know, the comments and people commenting on the comments. And Are you saying that in social media
0: there's more room for disagreements? Like, what's the difference?
2: Uh, Yeah, it's riskier. I think... Twice to post something online because I feel more watched there, you know? So, like, I feel like if I do something there, maybe, like, people from the government... I don't know, we'll check what I'm writing and it can have an impact on my life or my family's life or someone's life. And I see people, friends on Facebook, for example, posting or commenting Fidesz politicians' posts and they get blocked.
1: On Facebook? They get blocked or locked out of their own Facebook accounts?
2: Not from their own. Like they can't write anymore under the post of the politician. Oh, I
1: see. Your friends still in Hungary... Do they also not like talking about politics on social media?
2: That's totally correct. I don't really know any friends who talks or posts about politics in social media because after 12 years, we really feel exhausted, you know, in this whole fight. And many times I saw it makes no difference if I post something or not, but it can cause something bad. What are the bad things that could happen? Has anyone had any bad experiences? I don't know anyone who had like a concrete bad experience, but it's more like 2 million people live in Budapest. I don't know, like it can really feel like a bubble, you know, like work-wise, for example. (laughs) Who knows who uh, who will get the jobs? I don't know, maybe it's easier to start from an example. Mm -hmm. So uh, in the film scene in Hungary, the filmmakers get... Most of the money from the um, National Film Institute mm-hmm. because of the whole political happenings. Usually those filmmakers will get the money who are talking about like history or Fidesz close people and like free thinkers and liberal filmmakers who want to make film about other topic or braver topics or Mm -hmm. less conservative topics they will never get funds Mm -hmm. and it's like you pay the price you know in a way if, if you speak up if you choose to stand up for values as a filmmaker you won't get the support and it's super heartwarming to see the fight against this whole thing. So like many companies try to fight against this and support free thinkers, but still they are small. So, or they don't have the power. And I think this example describes all the areas. So if you are working, I don't know, in a bank or if you work wherever you are so scared to risk your job and everything and nobody really knows like what can happen. But it's, it's not like something really concrete will happen. It's more like, oh, maybe you won't get that project. You know, it's like slightly like under the surface.
0: Because, you know, you're sort of in the minority and that somebody else can retaliate or, or cut off your resources. So in the last 12 years, that Orban has been continuously in power. Is there a change in Hungarian culture, or even specifically in filmmaking? What type of films used to get made, and what type of films mostly get made now?
2: Yeah, it's an interesting question, because I think it's one of the scenes where you can see the most the change, because Hungarian films are super like strong and nice and deep, and I'm in love with them. In 2016, Shaul Fia won the Oscar. And yeah, Hungarian filmmakers are super talented. And we have a really nice, we had a really nice film university. The University of Theatre and Film Arts, the government privatized it in 2020. And that was a move where they wanted to get rid of the power of it, you know, because Mm -hmm. it was many like liberal thinking filmmakers, or I wouldn't say just liberal thinking, like amazing filmmakers studied and the government thought it's too liberal, the whole like Mm -hmm. education there, and they privatized it. And all the students, they stayed in the building and did the blockade. Mm -hmm. They occupied it. Yeah, occupied it for weeks. And they stayed there. The whole like city, cannot okay, the whole but big part of the city, joined them and protest. It was really heartbreaking because then you can really see how culture is powerful, you know. And they were so scared of it. And now they try to move and recreate the whole thing without the support of the country or the government. And many many countries had the students actually because it happened in the middle of the year. University in Vienna and other countries have out the students and they could graduate in their universities to not lose all the years, you know, and stuff because many teachers and students, they just quit mm. to stop this whole process mm. in a way. Yeah, it was um, super sad. So what types of films are getting made now as opposed to mm. before? Like those kind of conservative topics can go through and get fans, which aligns with the values of the government you know past and history mm. if it's about you know the hungarian kings and how cool was hungary before and big and strong and i know that's always good because yeah these are the, th- the only thing but i know i saw a list once who won parts of the funds last year and everyone was freaking out because people won who are like not super close to filmmaking and the topics were like ancient hungarian kings and stuff Mm. and somehow this whole like in a very conservative thinking go hand in hand with the historical roots you know like we are like big hungarians and like the ancient hungarians and i don't know it's the same in every country but
0: I feel like it's got some echoes in England, in Britain, where there's this idea of Britain used to be this big empire. Maybe it's similar to to Hungary, which also used to be a big empire. And then you see this hanging on to this like historical greatness and the monarchy and these ideas of history, which wasn't actually such a great history either, but... Somehow, the narrative is something that people are clinging on to, and then last week in Germany, which we discussed last episode, there was also like this attempted coup in Germany of all places to also reinstate the monarchy. so somehow this old times better mm. times monarchy thing is definitely capturing people's imaginations. What do you think the particular like
2: Hungarian narrative? is the hungarian one if like if i picture a hungarian person who is not super attractive to me or how should i say so like the (laughs) last like uh, you know a a bad hungarian person like the extremist maybe you can find people in hungary who are usually on these football games you know this football hooligan style and you have this skinhead vibe and they have this big Hungary map tattooed on Mm -hmm. them or a sticker and that's the Hungarian kingdom from like more than 100 years ago because Mm -hmm. we had Trianon Trinity happened like 112 years ago and actually I think that's the answer for your question because we lost 72% of the territory Mm -hmm. of the empire and that was super painful for people and also many Hungarian people got separated from the motherland but meant they needed to like belong to a country where they didn't speak the language and they became minority. Yeah. If I want to like find a route, for example, for Any kind of like, I don't know, racism or somehow it's also connected in a way. Going back to the history, like anger coming from there. And Orbán can manipulate them with this because those people above the border, they have voting rights. And it's like almost half million or more. And you know, when you have a 10 million country and not everyone goes to vote it's a big number and Orban sometimes send their people in person you know to just knock on the door and please like vote and just say two sentences about like Orban you know like oh this is the person who cares about you and then collecting these votes as well so it's Mm. like this whole like this cutting the country and Trianon and And almost I would say every people who is very conservative they all like still have this romantic vibe with Trianon and tries to, like, fight against and dreaming about this big, like, Hungarian kingdom. Yeah.
1: We were also watching, I guess, about, like, the
2: state media
1: is, like, mostly controlled by the government at this point. This kind of ties into what you were saying before about the film school being taken over and
2: privatized. Yeah, it's a big brainwashing going on in Hungary, and they can't really do it in the capital, right? So it's not really successful for them there. But at the countryside, people... Like not everyone has access to internet and they have the public channels and those are almost all owned by the government and they're sending their message All the radio, TV channels and when I'm home and i driving to somewhere and they did it before the elections and in every 15 minutes on all the channels I need to listen like all the bad bad lefties and just like talking shit about them you know motivate people to vote for Orban in every fucking 15 minutes mm-hmm. uh, and when you live there because I just spent two weeks there and I already had my um, felt like, the impact so when you live there and it's constantly part of your life and you know you just have a grandma who's watching the tv in the living room and you don't want to watch the channel but she watches it it has an mm-hmm. impact on you
1: absolutely yeah
2: yeah and this is how it works and it's super sad and all the vibes around Hungary worldwide like it's negative, people think we are a terrible like country and we have a terrible leader. This is how I see from inside or outside, but I know these are not the people. I want to put the blame on the people but I so I can't because so many people fight against, but it's no way. I mean, I really hope it's a way, but so far we haven't found it mm-hmm. because it's hard to build up a new party if you constantly get destroyed and blackmailed and stuff. And at the countryside, most of the people are way more poor than in the capital and they don't have the privilege to worry about like education or EU they are worrying about but they will eat throughout the week and before the election this is what Orban did like decrease the price of like a meat or something mm-hmm. and just want a big percent of the countryside because they can't think on a long term in a way and I'm not saying because they don't want to but they are not they don't have the privilege, you know, to worry about the next year when they worry about this week. So um, they have totally different problems from what the problems are in the capital. Mm-hmm. And this is like we are two different world, and nobody or nothing supports us to connect. And that's the main problem. Because, yeah, we can be angry with them to not worry about our child's education, university, like thinking forward. But at the same time, I can't really be angry with them because I understand their problems are urgent and different. So yeah, yeah, this is the the ship.
1: Yeah, like you were saying, it's very hard to think about the future when you're just trying to survive. And I think this is a common problem amongst all sort of progressive politics worldwide is that people are too i don't want to say too intellectual because that's not necessarily what i mean but it's thinking of like you're having these highbrow discussions but you're leaving out the people who these policies long term would affect again true for everywhere not just hungry for every country the people who benefit most from policies from like social welfare don't react to it or respond to it positively because for them What's most important is, how am I going to eat this week or next week or how am I going to pay rent? And so then when you have someone who comes along like Orban or any other sort of strong man in that sense who offers them a solution, like, yeah, of course, you, you saw it with like the Brexit thing, right? you They saw gave people someone easy to blame for all their problems. And so people voted in against their own interests because they were manipulated into it that way.
0: Yes. But I do think, like, Hungary in Europe is the most nationalist, like, towards fascism country. Mm. Like, if you see what Orbán is saying about we are a pure race, the only way we can be a nation is to preserve our race. He's against doing anything for Ukraine. And I think for that, like, there must be more of a Hungarian reason for this, like, specifically. Because I think, like, Germany, for example, we have, of course, all the same problems but you have a little bit more check imbalance because of, you know, World War II. You have the national processing of the guilt of what happened to the Jews, which the anti-Semitism in Hungary is blossoming. And so I would say, yes, it's the same, obviously, everywhere, but also Hungary is also
2: very special in some ways. But it's hard, like, many people think Orban equal us, and it's mm-hmm. super, super hard, because he's talking shit, you know, like, he's saying things I... Like, it makes me want to die in a way, you know, like, I'm just like, I'm so ashamed. They can't do anything. And it happens to so many people. And of course, everything has a little truth. So the whole culture, yeah, you can see some racism in Hungary. But also, like, sometimes I see now, I haven't seen before, because it's culture in a way. My friends say something, use a word that we used before, but now I would never use it, mm-hmm. but... Also, they need to, maybe it's a slower transition to change the language and the, the words mm-hmm. and stuff. Now, I'm talking about an example when you don't say something bad. You talk about your friend, but you use the word that is not a nice word. Mm-hmm. It's changing, but I can catch it sometimes. And I'm like, no. So what I want to say, I think it's also news in a way. This person has a stage and he always puts something on the stage. And that's sure, it's a bad word, but I'm going to use this now. Because he always puts something on the stage that we need to hate, you know? He has this hatred politics like immigrants or now this transphobic approach and stuff and he always puts this show on the stage and in the back he makes terrible things that we don't see because we are so focused and so angry with these Mm. topics and this is what his specialty I think he does it all the time you know just put the focus if he fucks up something really big time he puts a really big story on this stage that we need Mm. to hate and tries to make this happen and also, when the Ukrainian war happened, uh, he can say that he ever wants to stay. But what we saw, and I also saw with my eyes, how civilians they were there and they just helped so much. Mm. And like everyone who was around told me, it's like really magical what's happening and what's happening, and so many people helping out. Of course, not Orban or not the government, but civilians. So, like the heart is there, and I think people really want to help. Many of them. Do you think this changed something in like how people
0: behaved and really felt with Ukrainian refugees and what Orbán's pro-Putin narrative is? Do you think this is maybe going to change his support at all or not really? (laughs)
2: Okay, no. That's sad. (laughs) Maybe if someone follows the the news and is really interested in Hungary, they can see it almost always a protest you know we are on the streets like so many times or I want to say we are but I'm not there so if I'm home and I can attend I attend but many times I can't be so they are always on the street and fight and for example now they are fighting for the teachers because being a teacher in Hungary means you earn nothing like really it's not possible to make a living out of that and the kids And students, like under 18, they are on the streets. And this was the first protest, or not the first, but long time ago. It has been the the first when it's not just happening in the capital, it's all the cities and young people are on the streets and it's super powerful because they are the next generation and they will vote very soon. And that's hopeful.
1: Maybe some change.
2: Yeah, so this is what I see from inside all the time and this is the reason I'm always hopeful. And of course, when I read the articles from international magazines, when something really bad happens, you know, because this person just said something terrible again, I just feel like broken, you know, like this person is the face of the country and Mm. it's terrible. It's a bad face.
1: But I think that we're watching this interview and hearing people's spirits, some of the people they were interviewing and, you know, some of the criticism they were having. Of Orban. We were watching Jordan Klepper's special on Hungary. It's a comedy. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I also
1: also watched it. Yeah, because he was like, he speaks to like the independent journalists and he interviews people on the streets of Budapest and some of them like, I don't know, it, it seemed like the spirit isn't quite broken. Like there seems to be hope for resistance there a little bit.
0: I guess you know a lot of artists and filmmakers in Hungary... Is anyone you know doing some cool work in the country right now?
2: Yeah, actually, one of my friends, he did a documentary on Orban government. He released it before the election. Yes, yeah, some people reposted, but also, you know, like, I was thinking a lot, what should I do? It was terrible, because we were before the election, and I had this, like, hope, and everyone had this hope, I think. This documentary came out. It was investigating documentary on the government, how is it not transparent and stuff. And I felt like, yeah, I really want to share this. But of course, you you checking out how many people are sharing this, you know? Like it's like a human thing to do, I think. And at the end, I did it, but like just a few people shared it because it was there. Like if they win, if they don't win, what will happen? You know? It's like it's it's not like rush hour. It's not on that level, I think, when you need to be, like, scared someone will come mm-hmm. to you, you know, and you have this uncertainty. You never know what does it mean that you do, you know, in mm-hmm. the future. Like, yeah, an investigating documentary came out before the election, and I think that was super brave and nice to do. Artists are fighting. Some artists are tired because they fought a lot, and I, I understand all of course. the reasons. For me, for example... I don't think I'm going to do a documentary on this or, or a project on this because I'm interested in, like, not directly in politics. I'm fighting in my subtle way, you know, like, for example, in my short film, which is about the female body, and that topic was the feminist topic. But I'm also, I'm planning to do the second part on men. Yeah, it's nice to see artists are fighting, they come up with cool projects. But also, uh, you are not always strong to pay the price, artistic, because they need to make a living, they need to earn money, they need projects. But yeah, it's like this energy, it's always there, and people won't give up, and uh, and they just really hope the world can see a little bit this part of Hungary as well, where obviously against all of these values and... We are not this person. And I think if we would have the energy to have a deep talk with people in the villages, they are also not bad people. They just like maybe see a little bit more narrow picture, you know, because of the access and stuff. And and I'm not saying the whole country is amazing and just urban because it feels like an abusing relationship a little bit with him. Because we, at the end, we elect him. And we have him. This is a fact, so we need to find out how we could change it. Because just like having these campaigns and energy in the capital, I not change the countryside.
0: Do you remember, because you moved to Berlin in 2018, right? So you were already there for eight years of Orban. Do you remember a moment when you thought oh, this is turning into some sort of totalitarian
2: state. This is really hard because maybe I repeat myself, but the life in Budapest is really different. So uh, I never really experienced like super hardcore things. I had a happy life. I have a mother who is super like cool in her career and she was in a way a feminist. She reached a nice level in the financial industry, which is super like, male dominated both of my parents are liberal and gave me all the freedom Mm. and of course I had like some political issues in elementary or secondary school you feel a little impact but it wasn't never enough to change me because you know I see the world in the same way as before and I, I never left Hungary because of the political situation But now, in the last five years, I really feel how the country is going down in a way. In the last five years, I feel more the impact of this in my eyes destroying politics. So you
1: would say you sort of experience it more from abroad than in the bubble?
2: Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. possible. And I'm sure this is the case. But I think it's changing now way more drastically with the war, with covid like, all the, the money that didn't go into hospitals, but went into football stadiums with COVID when so many people needed help. Like, these buildings are collapsing. You feel it now more because these things are more in the focus now. Would you go back? Like, every time when I, um, I go home, I'm excited, and I love I love Budapest so much. So I always try to separate things that I don't like and the things and focus on the things that I like because it's a super beautiful city, super nice people, and my family and friends and like just nice bars, restaurants, and communities as well. But yeah, I uh, it's always hard to answer this question uh, if you live abroad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think. Right now, I can tell that I feel now I don't think, but also it's so close, you know, so I I can just jump on a train or a flight and go home for um, the train is thirty euros, so it's like super accessible, so I don't really feel separated from my motherland. And do you feel any, like, more
0: polarization between you and your friends and family in the last years when you go back?
2: Yeah, I think Berlin definitely changed me, that's for sure. And it was a super nice journey. That's another reason why I can't really judge anyone back home, because when I moved here, I think I needed, like, a year to be brave enough to face with myself in a space where it was possible. And if you don't have this chance, you see the world differently and I would be a totally different person living in Hungary still. So I had this opportunity to live in Berlin in a super liberal open place where I could face other thoughts which wasn't like allowed in Hungary or it was a scary thing there. For example, like being... For example, homosexual in Budapest, I think that's like still super hard because I don't know right now, because I don't live there, but five years ago, if I could choose to not be, you know, in a way, like in a conversation with myself, I would maybe choose that because your life is safer, I don't know. But here, when you are like surrounded by super diverse people, you just have the space to think about it, you know, and let yourself... These thoughts, like, let these thoughts through your brain. And when it can go through, you have a healthier life. It doesn't matter what is the answer. You thought about it. You give space to these suppressed thoughts. But it's the same with every, this kind of like things that usually you suppress if you don't feel it has a space Mm. for it. I would say more like, yeah, burning changed me. And I feel like if you leave, or spend a few years in a very, like, liberal space, you cannot not go through changes because just your environment changes you and what you see and it opens your eyes. And I feel it was just super healthy for me. Like, Hungary is not really, like, diverse. It has, like, different reasons. For example, if you move to Hungary, big chance you need to speak Hungarian and it's one of the hardest language, so people won't really learn hanging it's hard to settle there mm-hmm. and it's always so small so it doesn't attract that many people and growing up in a place like this you just don't see things and I moved here and yeah I was just amazed about the diversity and possibilities without any like you know you can just do what you want personality wise or discovering yourself and that's amazing Mm. And I can't explain to anyone when I go home and I have a conversation, I can't explain and I can't be, when I when I feel angry, they don't see what I see. I had this phase. I let it go because, of course, I also couldn't see before. So how um, I could expect this. But also I see they are open. So my family, we have like heavy conversations, also with friends, but in a good way when they want to be challenged and they curious why you see the world differently and that's super nice to experience so they I can try to invite on a journey a little bit with my experience and also at the same time they gain experience in other things which is nice to exchange but it yeah it, the, the scissor is opening up my brother lives here in Berlin. We are going through and like similar experiences. So when we go home and politics come up, I can't say but specifically because it's just so many conversations. <laughs> but yeah, we challenge each other and also try to like pull out the family a little bit from these everydays, you know, when they just like see this news and living in this environment where they try to do everything to wash your brain. I, I will go home in three days. (laughs) And I don't know, like, I hope I can still. It's hard because a percent of friends, not too many, and they, they don't talk about it because we are way more. But in every group chat, we have like one or two and they don't advertise it. But like this whole system in Budapest, I think works in a way. Orban has the most power and his family now and just giving a little bit to your friends always and some of the really intelligent urban followers i think they follow him because they get opportunities and money and power Mm. when this whole like world is becoming more and more uncertain they are grabbing more and more you know because everyone is scared to lose jobs or everything and looking for opportunities Like, it's super hard to break this network. So it's, yeah, so many different kind of motivations. Yeah. Uh, So you're making films in Berlin. It's a super nice place to be an artist because,
0: like you say, you have a lot of space to process your thoughts and make
2: things. Would you describe yourself as a feminist filmmaker? I can answer this question if you tell me what is feminism for you because I think it's different for everyone. And Mm. when someone asks me this question... I can't really say yes or no because I don't know, like, what does it mean for you?
1: Feminism, to me, is a person who believes in equality for everyone.
2: I would agree with that. What would you say it means to you? For me, feminism is kind of one sentence. Like, I believe in equal opportunities. But also I see feminism as a transition phase. So I don't see feminism as a long-term pursuit for me. It means a transition phase where I feel right now we need to support women because we are coming from deeper and we need support, we need voice, we need to be helped in a way to break into this really like hard patriarchy shell, (laughs) you know, just make a crack on it and get in. And after I think, and I, I really hope it's just a few years because now we are really on it, we don't need extra support, you know, because we will be like there as well where we can and I think in my head, I and I hope it can happen in a few years from now maybe 10, maybe 20 but after, you know, feminism won't be needed because we will all have the equal rights and opportunities gender wise, but right now it's still needed and I'm super happy to put my energy in it work on it, but I also feel I have really hard conversations about feminism and many times with women. So I still... Have you seen The Handmaid's Tale? Yes. Oh, no, I haven't seen it. Sorry, I've read it. Oh, that's that's also amazing. I just saw the series. I haven't read it. But for me, I sat down and I couldn't stand up and I just watched it. And it's super hard to watch. It's uh, super heavy on women. But also from the book, you can see how many times... The conflict is between women. And I'm not saying the problem is women, but right now it's like. The
0: problem is fucking women.
2: (laughs) I mean, I think the problem is women. Honestly, you don't think so? Um,
0: I think the problem is women supporting the patriarchy. Like, if all the women in all the world, 50% of the population just stopped, we would have no fucking problem. It frustrates me to no end. (laughs) The problem is women.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. (laughs) I mean, in my, in my head, the problem, like, I see a big percent of men are super supportive and try to help, and a big percent of women try to, like, push and help each other. But a percent of women and men both, they are just against. And uh, Mm. when I watched The Handmaid's Tale, for me, it was like, I just felt so tense. And also in real life, when I'm, I'm having a conversation with a woman about this topic, and I feel like they are against it. I, that's my trigger. I just feel that mm. point. I'm just so angry because I started to observe these conversations. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel if you are a woman in your privileged bubble and you have a good life, then many times they are insensitive to other people and other women's suffering until the point if they push to see the big picture, like, I just bringing up Handmaid's Tale because I described it super nicely. Mm. Like there is the antagonist mm. when she needed to see the big picture because it had an impact on her, she changed. But in this life, if you have a good job and you are in a in a job which is female dominated. And usually these jobs are, you know, the low paid and the background and, yeah, nurse, teacher or in the film industry, many times producers, you know, like it's always the director shining in the middle. But the producer, like super big part of the work is hers or his. So I feel for me, the trigger privilege women who are insensitive to other women. And I'm also like my feminist fight, it's more like being a director, a female director than the topics of my films, because I'm interested in every kind of topics and I'm interested in men and women. But as a filmmaker, being in this world, especially in the commercial world, where is the money and power and directors back in the days were like these strong, like big voice people. It's a super big everyday fight. And that's my fight as Mm -hmm. well. Mic drop.
0: Good luck on your fight. Thank you. I feel everything you say. That's like one of my biggest fucking things: women supporting men and man structures in every single way above every other woman. Amen. Like why?
2: I have no idea. I think it's it, you feel betrayed in a way because exactly. you feel like ah. what well, the reason why we are here today. Because all the women who fought because of this before so that person who is like not supporting this also was supported by all the women before. and uh, yeah I feel like ugh, I just I, and, and I feel when I need to explain I, I feel like if I need to explain this to you, I'm, I I already lost like I, I lost this fight because mm. you you are me, you mm-hmm. know. I
0: agree, that's honestly my biggest thing too I'm just so frustrated because I think we could just change this entire thing and stop mm. feminism, like you say. I also yeah. agree, if just everyone was like okay, let's just stop doing this and yes. do this instead, but no
2: It's super nice, and just back to the question and my answer when I ask you what does it mean to you to be a feminist because there's just so many meanings out there and-
0: Absolutely true, because a lot of people who are feminist also, they are not for equal rights for everyone also mm-hmm. Yeah
2: it's It's good to ask for a
0: definition which is a nice transition actually what would your three things be or three pieces of advice or suggestions or inspirations for our listeners to do this week to make them a better person? Be a
2: good feminist (laughs) yes! (laughs) Support women if you're a woman, support women please, so if you want to take a look into the Hungarian cinema, a nice film is on body and soil yeah, I think Hungarian art in general is super beautiful and deep and so we are not scared of the sad things. Where do we go to see it? The Hungarian cinemas are super beautiful. The independent house cinemas are super beautiful in Hungary. If you visit the city, don't miss that. And my last advice is have as much conversation with people who see the world from a different angle and try to be open because you never know what are their reasons and i think it's super hard i'm also trying to practice it but this is my advice thank you so much thank you thanks for having me it was really nice to talk to you
1: if you like the show please share it with your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts you can also help us by supporting us on patreon for as little as four euro a month visit patreon.com slash misinformed
0: For links to all our sources and for our personal tips on what to watch and read, subscribe to our weekly newsletter at misinformed.substack.com.
1: You can follow us on Instagram at the underscore miss underscore informed or email us your feedback, request or just to say hi, misinformed.podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you.